We're used to when people are talking about politics or culture, hearing people refer to the glass ceiling. You know what this is. Uh, and have built this ceiling, made of glass, to keep women down. And women are forced to try to break up through this ceiling to come and be where men are. And obviously, this is not the vision uh, of a relationship that God has when He creates Adam and Eve in His image and likeness for, com- for convenience and not for competition uh, when He creates them in the garden. But I think our whole culture, men and women, all of us together, we're actually involved in building this other additional kind of glass ceiling. What is it? Maybe we build this somewhere like up in outer space a little bit. You can imagine it wherever you want, maybe just over the atmosphere of the earth. Um, but we do it, we build it from below, put it above us, um, not to keep other people down below where we are, but actually to keep God away from where we are. You have a sense of this. Uh, when people speak about politics or culture, that maybe we want this kind of autonomous field down here where we can run around and do whatever we want, but don't let God get involved. God, uh, maybe I'd like you to do nice things for me or to give me good things. Maybe I come to Mass on Sunday and give have a vague sense of dread or guilt about the end of my life, uh, but you want to have a relationship with me? That's a little too much for some. And so because we start out with this perspective where we're supposed to be able to do whatever we want down here and God stays away from distance, people are understandably frustrated or sometimes angry uh, when God becomes flesh and then says things about our personal lives. When Jesus Christ says that God made us male and female and then speaks about the nature of marriage very clearly, and in a way that's uncomfortable, we can kind of chase at that. Because our assumption, starting out, is that we get to do whatever we want, and God has to watch it happen. But what's the heart of what Jesus says about marriage? The Catechism of the Catholic Church, book I love, says this, God is faithful. The sacrament of matrimony enables man and woman to enter into Christ's fidelity for his church. They bear witness to this mystery before the world. So many of you who are married, this is the witness that you bear witness, this is what you bear witness to, the mystery you bear witness to, um, through your marriage. Through your marriage, God is trying to tap on that glass and come down and show himself more clearly to the world. I have uh, a godson who lives about 45 minutes away from here. About seven months old, he is so cute. I can't believe it. Uh, So I've been spending a lot of time visiting him. And uh, his parents and I noticed this funny behavior he has, which is that if you look at him while you're sitting across the room from him, he's on somebody else's lap, he looks at him with these big eyes and this huge smile. And so, of course, what do you want when that happens? want to pick him up and open so that he'll look at you like that really close up. And so when you pick him up and you uh, bring him across the room, as soon as you sit down and get within about a foot of your face, he turns and looks somewhere else. 
So he'll look at somebody five to ten feet away from him, but he won't look directly at somebody who's close to him. Right? That's what I said. Uh, right? And sometimes we're like this with God. That we like him at a distance, we might even smile, kind of look up, be pleased. Um, but God actually wanted to pick us up and hold us or look us right in the eye and cherish us. We do that and we look somewhere else. But we weren't made for that, for that kind of avoidance, for that kind of fear. Uh, we were made for, for a real relationship with Him. Right, but what if, uh, what if our lives were broken? What if you suffered um, harm, real damage, with this attack? What if you're in one of those situations that God speaks about? If you are, and we're all in different working situations, the church cherishes you and loves you exactly as you are. Because God loves you and cherishes you exactly as you are. Your fundamental identity is not what you've done or what you can do, but the fact that the God who became flesh loves you. There's a, a order of sisters called the Sisters of Life that based in New York City. They just opened a convent in our diocese um, with the House of Prayer for their sisters so they can go on retreat. Uh, and they have uh, beautiful music that they've written. There's an album that's called All Things New. You can listen to it wherever you listen to your music. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, E-Track. Not like E-Track, not like E-Track. Um, the album is called All Things New, and there's a song on the album called Jesus Mercy. Because we've been created for this relationship with God, and we actually intuit, we know this naturally through our desires, um, that we want a relationship with Him. Uh, and the words of this song uh, speak to that. My heart longs for a tenderness to meet me in the depths of who I am. I hope for mercy to find me and to take away my guilt and shame. I have searched endlessly for someone to be with me in the darkness I carry. My soul cries for a Savior to come and save me. Jesus, mercy, crucified and risen, baptized my pain in your glory. Precious blood flowing from your side, making all things within me 